feed off my energy, escaping my extremities. Absorb the nutrients, create your own recipes. Disturb the mind, body and soul. One, two, three, ready, set, go. Self-judgment, scratch it off the list. All negativity you got to dismiss. Even when you piss, become like a proton. Flip the script with a smile, then you move on. Get your groove on, be one with the melody. Paralleled, focus on your energy. Generally, directed with intention, creativity. It's fearful invention, so go ahead, give yourself a try when you do what serves, no need to ask why, no second guessing, stick to your choice, trust your intuition, listen to the I can still remember the first book that I read. I don't know the exact title of the book, but I remember the book was about a boy who went to the zoo and had balloons. I remember going to the library and being very happy with this book. I was about six years old when I picked up this book. And since then, my curiosity for reading has always been there. I have a love and hate relationship with academia and academics. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, why? How? Right? Now, I know it's been a while since I've done one of these, but I wanted to talk about why academia, which ultimately saved my life, but at the same time, has put me in this place where now I need to read, constantly check things for sources, right? In today's world, we have to do that. There are so many things out there today that are put out on social media by conspiracy theorists, right? By individuals with an opinion. And as somebody who studied history, not on his spare time, but in academia, it is very important to me, as you probably know by now, that sources, credible sources, are needed in today's world. With that said, right... Sometimes these sources are not always available to everybody. And I recognize that. As somebody who got my degree in history, the social sciences, I became very aware of that. That the information that we historians have access to is not always available to everybody. Now, of course, you can go and read books and look at things that can assist you with that. But with so much misinformation out there today, it is hard to know what to pick, what not to pick, who to listen to, who not to listen to, right? And although it's been about 13 years since 
I received my degree from the University of Northridge, a lot has changed since. And even though I taught for 10 years, in those 10 years, I noticed that the activism, the activist, really took over academia. And I was involved in activism when I was younger. That was one of the reasons why I got into history, as a matter of fact, or chose to pursue it. But today, academics and academia are also doing a disservice to some people. And you might be thinking to yourself again, how so? Isn't academia supposed to help you learn new things? Well, yes. But when you are not taught to critically think, then you have a problem. What's happening today in academia is you have a bunch of individuals who are being indoctrinated, right? And of course, the argument can be made the same for people who go to K to throw K through 12 schools with you know the, the government's propaganda, whatever you want to call it, right? And I wouldn't disagree with that. However, the purpose of going to a university, at least for me when I went, right, as I was becoming more aware of my identity, was always the question, right? Was always to think critically. As a matter of fact, I can recall very vividly when I was in my first year of college, how my first professor, shouts out to Harry Gamboa Jr., who told us, all of you here, right, have been put in this class because the system failed you. Even though you might have been honors kids in high school, maybe some of you even AP, for whatever reason, you did not pass the placement test. Therefore, you are here with me. So I have two suggestions, is what he told us. Two recommendations. Read the newspaper every single day. This is back when newspapers were still, you know, available. And he also said, buy a pocket dictionary and buy a pocket thesaurus and read it every day. I remember thinking to myself, what? Who reads the dictionary? Who reads the sources, right? But he told us this. He said, I guarantee you that when you write your first paper, it's going to have a bunch of errors on it. I always thought, at least at the time, that I was a pretty good writer. So I was thinking to myself, what does this guy know? Right? Sure enough, paper came back and it was full of red, red marks. Of course, you know, I felt embarrassed because, again, in high school, in, in my last year at least, I was an honors, an honors kid, honors class. And to be put in a 
remedial course in college was already embarrassing enough. But then to be told that I couldn't write, that I was not going to, you know, write well. I mean, the guy was spot on, right? But I did the right thing. At least I believe so. Because I chose not to take that personally. And today, again, with academics and academia, I don't see that. I see a lot of individuals who are so into their ideologies that they become that. They have forgotten how to critically think. They have forgotten how to be criticized. And when he told us this, right, when he, when he gave me back this paper and he made the suggestions, I said, well, I'm going to do what it takes to, one, not only pass this class, but become, become the best writer possible. And sure enough, right? Sure enough, not only did I become the best writer possible in my class, I remember being pulled to the side one day by Professor Harry Gamboa Jr. being told, you know, I, I want to do something with you. I want to work on something with you. Now, at the time, I didn't really know who he was, right? I, I just knew he was my professor, and didn't really look too much into him. And at the time, the movie Walkout was coming out. And I had no idea that this man was part of the Chicano Walkouts. So when I found that out, I was, I was starstruck, right? I couldn't believe it that this man who participated in these events wanted to pull me to, to the side and and involved me in his projects, right? Because Harry Gamboa Jr. is not just a professor. He is an artist for the community. And not just in the Chicano community, really worldwide. His, his work is everywhere in, in the world. He's been to a lot of places. And that says a lot, especially for somebody who grew up in the 50s, came of age in the 70s, right? He made himself a name despite these circumstances, right? So I remember him pulling me to the side and telling me, look, I want to work with you. I want to make sure that we do something together. And it involved his project titled Chicano Mail Unbounded. And essentially, I became part of a series. And these pictures, if you go to the Gene Autry Museum, right, at least a couple of years ago, they were there. Now, my picture wasn't in there, right, but it was part of the series. I have the picture today. It's, it's here in my home. But he was one of the few individuals that I had really in all of my, all of my courses at, at college, right? I had a few other individuals that I really liked. But him, especially because he was from the Chicano Studies Department. And I say that to say this. I understand that Chicano Studies emphasizes 
critical thinking, at least when I was there, it did. I can't speak for it now. I'm not there. But I have noticed that a lot of individuals who come from this background, right, who come from the activism background, lack that. They lack the ability to critically think. At least for me, that's what I, that's what I assume because when I have conversations with people over my social media or people who come on my, my page and comment on my episodes, the first thing you do is, uh, you know, will say something to try to offend me. And I'm not offended easily because, you know, these people don't know me. But that's beyond the point. The point that I'm trying to make is that I think academia has failed these people. Right? Because, again, if the purpose of academia, at least for me, what I think is, should be, is to make you critically think it's not happening anymore. Individuals today who have degrees who have, some of them even have masters or PhDs. They lack this. And it is shocking to me. I mean, I I have thought about going back to academia, returning to the university, right? I've even thought about teaching at a university. But when I see this, and when I see what is happening to young people specifically, the indoctrination of young people, it is appalling to me. It is ridiculous. And for the longest, you know, I, I began to think this, right? Because obviously my political ideologies, if I ha- even have any at this point anymore, <laughs> um, have shifted since I was 20 years old when I entered academia academia at 18, right? I would say that when I started college, I was more left-leaning, right? I would relate to, or I would, I was okay with, you know, socialist ideologies and policies and, you know, just that way of thinking. And, as I got older, I mean, I didn't necessarily push that anymore. Now, that's not to say that I don't think we should help people out because obviously I believe in that, right? Personally speaking. But that's beyond the point. I don't want to get too much into that, into the ideology. My point, though, is that I, for the longest, I was like, what, what was the shift in me? What happened to me? where I no longer subscribed to those things. And the other day, as I was, you know, in the shower, just thinking about this, because that's where I have my deepest thoughts. So it's in the shower. I was like, is this, is this the sign of getting old, right? I will be 37 next week. For those of you who do not know, I don't think I've ever talked about my age, at least not on the podcast. And I was like, is this, is this a sign of getting old? And I, I, when I see conservatives or just older folks, 
I think about that. It's not that people become more conservative or they don't care about people. It's that we get stuck in our time periods, right? And as I'm talking about, right, how when I was in academia, when I was in school, the ways that I was taught, the ways that I learned on how to analyze things and how to debate and how to write, I feel like they are no longer applicable to today. I'm not entirely completely gone, right, obviously, because otherwise I would not be able to to exist or to you know, participate in some of these things that I do. But there's a lot more emotion involved in these conversations. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. What I do know is that it's hard for me to engage in conversations with somebody who is extremely emotional. And that could be any emotion, really especially when it's a conversation that is going to involve some kind of conflict. If the individual that I'm talking to is not speaking rationally, then I have a hard time engaging in conversation or even choosing to or wanting to. So that's something that I've noticed and today, right, with these individuals, and maybe these individuals aren't necessarily individuals who have a degree or are fully involved in academia, right? And that's not to say that they should or they shouldn't, but again, the ideologies that I learned about in academia, in school, in the colleges, stem from this, right? So, These individuals either have gone, taken some courses, know some people, whatever it is, right? So I'm familiar with these things. I understand where they come from. This postmodernism. And when I think about this, like I said, it makes me think this is why people become conservative or choose to conserve their ways of thinking their practices, their culture. It's not that people want to be bad or that they want to be not open to things, right? It's that they become critical of the things they don't really understand. And maybe that's happening to me, right? Maybe I'm at a place where I don't understand these methods, so I cannot relate to them. Therefore, a part of me chooses not to interact with these types of methods. Now, I will always entertain conversation, especially with those individuals who don't agree with me. I I enjoy that. I really do. I welcome it. This is why I started the podcast in the first place. Now, I don't have the conversations that I used to have in the past, the combos that people look forward to on the lives for anybody whoever was on an IG live on the Ola Rasa Stand podcast you know what I'm talking about and that's 
why I started this. I started this because I wanted to have these conversations. And yes, you know, obviously the focus has shifted. Most of the stuff that I post on here, most of the stuff that I, that I create today is strictly, ironically, right, in touch with academia, but not so much with academics because I don't want that to be my target. I want my target audience to be people who are not in academia because I understand there, there is a lot of things out there, right, that are poisoning the minds of people. A lot of these things are causing a reaction, right? A lot of these things are making us think a certain way and for the most part, they are separating us. They're not bringing us together. So even when I post something controversial that riles up some kind of emotion, this is my intention. It's not to piss you off. It's not to be the contrarian. It's to make you reflect on your identity, not just cultural, really any kind of identity, specifically any identity that is tied to an ideology that makes you feel hate for somebody else. And you might say, well, I don't hate anybody, you know, I just, I just, you know, fight for justice and, you know, yes, you, you, you probably do, right? But there are methods of doing that. And if your method involves you screaming every five seconds, somebody does not agree with you. If it involves posting something that's going to incite violence, right? Then what is your intention? Mine is to educate and to help you heal. Maybe it wasn't really the beginning, you know, when I first heard this, maybe that wasn't the beginning. I just wanted to talk. I wanted a place to talk. You know, it was in the midst of the pandemic. Things were happening. I, I, I felt like there's just so much information out there that's not true. But now that I've been doing this for over two years, I think that's what I realized. Right. But I'm also somebody who didn't always... Like school or academia. Now, I always like to learn. I've always been somebody who's loved learning, right? So, if somebody, even if even if it's a conspiracy theory, just because I don't agree with it doesn't mean I don't like it or that I I don't entertain it. But when I say give me evidence, right? I'm not I'm not saying that to to dispute you or to to upset you. Is to to prove, right? Because that is, that, is, that is the way it has been done. And that's the way I learned. That when you present an argument, you better back it up with evidence. That doesn't mean YouTube videos. That doesn't mean you heard it from an Instagram reel. I want, I want the old school stuff, right? I want the facts on books, on articles, primary documents, right? Primary resources, journals. That's what I'm talking about. But like I said, a lot of folks don't have access to this. Or if they do, they choose not to because it's, it requires a lot of work. It's labor for the mind. I mean, I get it. It's easier to post a reel and say, look, this is what they said. 
And I mean, I, I get it because to some extent, I'm also part of that because I post reels, you know, that, that I create obviously, right? But what I at least try to do is give you sources for you to read. I don't want you to believe what I'm saying. Don't believe it, but go read it. Challenge it. Critically think. Question my methods. Question what I'm saying. Good. I encourage that. But the truth is the truth, and it will be the truth no matter what you think, no matter what you say, because truth is not refutable. You cannot fight truth. There's only one truth. There's plenty of opinions, and a lot of us have it, and some of us will use the truth to give our opinions, but that's, that's not the same thing. So today, again, I wanted to share this because, one, it's been a long time since I've done a Flow Chronicles to share my story of academia, to share my love and hate for it because of where it's at now. I love that I have a degree. I love that I can teach, that I taught for 10 years, children, really more than that, but officially, I guess, you know, in a classroom. And as, um, you know, in a different stage of my life now, I'm no longer teaching. I'm no longer in the classroom. i Transition out of that. And now my role is to manage programs, manage people, mentor people. And I think that's going to affect the trajectory of my podcast. It's going to allow me to really reflect on what the next steps will be for flow. Will it be this? Will it be more history stuff? I don't know. Right? All I know is that you're going to get the truth from me. You're going to get the things that I'm passionate about. And when you get that, I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that whatever I give you, you take whatever you think is good for you. Whatever you think serves you, take it with you. Let it feed your soul, man. Let it heal you. Right? But what I don't want you to do is destroy people with it. Do not use my information to cause pain in people. To make them feel worse. Right? And I'm always open to debating people. Again, it's not personal to me. That's how I learn. That's how people learn. And I'm going to close this out with this. If you don't have somebody in your circle with the voice of reason, then you should find someone like that. Because if everyone in your circle just agrees with everything you say, then you're not going to grow as an individual. And if you're critiqued, if you're criticized, and you take it personally, ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like 
it's a personal attack on me. Are you your ideology? Is that you? And if so, why? Why do you identify a certain way? Why do you choose to say the things that you choose to say? Who are you? All of these things, really reflect on them and think about that as you become a better person, as you become the better you. And on that note, I'm ended with this. I will be here. And hopefully whoever is listening to this uses this and takes it. And what you want to do with it is completely up to you. Until the next one, peace out. Forever live through my passion.